0: What will we find in today's Thursday Thrillers here on the Mutual Audio Network? A few baffling mysteries?
1: Perhaps a touch of murder? Let's find out. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance.
0: This is Once Told. Original short stories read by original people. Stories that are fun, fascinating, and perhaps a little frightening. Now, this episode of Once Told. The world thrives on inventions and new technology, like the fantastic machine in our next story. But while we get excited about the what and how of these amazing devices, do we ever consider the why?
2: Camilla by Steve Bellinger Read by Shaney Ensley Please, everyone, come in. The young woman stood at the front of the lecture hall, waving in the people entering from the rear. She was thin and small, barely five feet tall, with milk chocolate skin and a sizeable afro. She also had a youthful face. Yes, please, come forward and fill the seats in the front. A couple of dozen people, mostly men, filled into the lecture hall, taking up seats in the first few rows, gaping at their very attractive hostess and the bizarre-looking equipment behind her. Although they had been invited to the demonstration to solicit their help and support, most of them just wanted to see if this damn thing really worked. Good afternoon and thank you so much for coming, the young woman said smiling. I'm Dr Alexandra Sorensen and it is my pleasure to welcome you to the university. I know that you are all very anxious to see the demonstration, but first I'd like to take a moment to introduce our special guest. She turned to her left, where a door opened and an elderly, white-haired man, in a wheelchair with an IV bag attached, was pushed into the room by a young female nurse. He had a blanket on his lap where he carried a little black book. May I introduce our generous benefactor, Sorensen said. Mr. Ernest Thomas. Thomas smiled weakly and nodded to the audience as they applauded politely. Sorensen handed him a microphone he had difficulty grasping it so the nurse held it to his mouth thank you thomas said his black suit was a couple of sizes too large i'm sure you have read much about me but please know i am a changed man 20 years in federal prison will do that my reputation is one of a hard-nosed businessman one who would do anything for money and i did some terrible things, terrible things. He paused and leaned forward as if to give his words added gravity. But I am a changed man, and I have now dedicated what is left of my fortune and my life to helping others. I know I do not have very long, and I want to leave this world on a positive note. (laughs) He began coughing. The nurse cupped an oxygen mask to his face and handed the mic back to Sorensen. Will he be all right? Sorensen asked. The nurse nodded as she listened to his chest with a stethoscope. Turning back to the audience, Sorensen continued When I met Mr. Thomas, I was hoping to convince him to contribute something to our endeavour. The more I told him about what we were doing, the more interested he became until finally he offered to underwrite the entire project. At this, members of the audience stood and applauded. Thomas waved, the fogged-up oxygen mask still on his face. With a sincere smile, Dr Sorensen said, ''Yes, thank you so much, Mr Thomas.'' After a moment, she turned back to the crowd and monitored them to take their seats and waved towards the equipment on the stage. Now, let's get on with the demonstration if you please. Standing behind her were two clear plexiglass boxes, 10 feet square, set 20 feet apart with equipment attached to each one. She walked over to the box on her left while Thomas watched her with intense interest. I'm sure you have seen the articles and the YouTube videos Sorensen gestured towards the first box. Well, this is an atomizer chamber. Along the top of the wall above the door is the plasma emitter that produces a beam 10 feet wide and one micron thick. The metal plate on the opposite wall is the receptor matrix. Anything that the beam comes in contact with is stripped away at the molecular level and collected by the matrix. She walked to the other side of the box. This unit attached to the outside here is the matter modem. The material stripped off by the beam and collected by the matrix is processed by the modem, which actually modulates it onto a transmission signal that is sent to an identical setup on the other side of the room. Incredulous, a bearded audience member stood up. So- "'You're saying you can actually transmit matter through the air?' "'Not quite,' Soroson said with a smile, peering past the stage lights. "'It's Dr. Foster, isn't it?' When the man nodded, she continued. "'Well, Dr. Foster, what you and the rest of the audience may not be able to see from where you are sitting,' she waved for him to retake his seat.' is a very fine wire made of pure silver, as thin as a human hair. This wire connects the two matter modems. She motioned towards a shy-looking fellow standing between the two boxes. One of my assistants, José Lagunas, a student intern from the university, has something of a flair for the dramatic. He suggested we use a sewing needle stuck in a wooden pole as a vertical... Support for the wire in the middle. She pointed to the long pole standing midway between the two boxes, thereby showing that the wire is so thin it can be threaded through the eye of a needle. Like I said, a little showmanship on his part. (laughs) This brought a chuckle from the crowd and an embarrassed smile from Jose. We hope some of you might be able to help with the problem of wireless transmission in the future because right now there is just too much signal loss through the air. Anyway, the signal passes through this tiny wire to the other matter modem. She waited for the surprised whispers to die down before stepping forward. But enough talk. Time for the demonstration, Jose Jose carried in a wooden stool with a closed laptop computer resting on it. He placed it in the centre of the first chamber, stepped back out and closed the plexiglass door. OK, now, Sorensen ordered. Jose jogged over to the receiving chamber to power up the receiving modem, then hurried back to the sending unit and threw three switches to start the process. There was a loud sizzle as the emitter activated, producing a bright blue-white beam of light. It looked about three seconds for it to move down its tracks as the beam erased the computer and stole from existence, blasting the atoms into the receptor matrix. The beam shut down and the emitter silently moved back up to its parked position. Meanwhile, lights on the matter modem were flashing as a low hum built to a loud buzz the tiny wire glowed as pulses of energy flashed across the second modem another five seconds and the plasma beam emitter in the receiving chamber moved to the bottom of the chamber activated and as it moved up the stool and finally the computer were recreated as the observers sat in stunned silence jose entered the chamber picked up the laptop, opened it, and showed them the screen as it booted up. Now, for the next demonstration, Dr. Soreson said over the applause, Dr. Smith. An older black woman in a white lab coat entered the room, carrying a cage with an albino rabbit. As she placed the cage in the first chamber, Soroson spoke. Dr. Smith is our resident veterinarian. Dr. Smith stepped out and Jose started the machine. As the plasma beam consumed the rabbit, the chamber steamed up and moisture collected on the transparent walls. The rabbit's molecules were transmitted in bright pulses along the wire to the receiving station, which filled with a light mist. As the rabbit reappeared, Dr. Smith entered the chamber, picked up the cage, and stepped out. She coaxed the shivering rabbit, which appeared a little thinner than before, out of the cage. The bunny is okay, Dr. Smith assured the crowd. She is seriously dehydrated, but she will be okay. With that, she left the stage with the animal. Thomas sat open-mouthed as the room again erupted with cheers and applause. What you have seen is our greatest challenge yet, Sorensen explained. You see, this process tends to boil away some of the moisture in organic tissue. A living thing can be transmitted, but it suffers severe dehydration because a significant amount of water is lost from the body that is what produced the steam you saw now i am confident that with your help we can solve this and other problems with the process and make true teleportation a reality another hurdle that i hope we can overcome today involves our test subjects it will take a lot of experimentation to solve the problem of our loss of dehydration in the meantime Dr. Smith tells me that most animals will likely not survive more than one transmission. We need a creature that could handle repeated loss of hydration without permanent damage. Dr. Smith came up with a brilliant solution and with the generous help of Mr. Thomas and his staff, we were able to get exactly what we needed. Dr. Soroson gestured off stage to her right, and Dr. Smith re-entered, carrying a rope, leading a fully grown camel. This is Camilla, Soroson said with a grin. Dr. Smith suggested that a camel would be the perfect subject. She has been satiated with water. We've determined that the fluid loss would be less than what she would lose after a few days in the desert. She might be a little thirsty when we're done, but we're hopeful that we can use her in our experiments with no permanent damage to her whatsoever. Dr. Smith? The vet led the camel into the chamber. Thomas watched intently as Dr. Smith closed the door behind the animal and Jose started up the machine with a sizzle and a hiss. Camilla was deconstructed and her molecules sent to the second chamber, which filled with vapour as the plasma beam rebuilt the camel. Pugent steam poured out when Dr. Smith opened the chamber. As the air inside cleared, all could see her carefully examining the camel. After a minute of looking into Camilla's eyes and mouth and massaging her hump, Dr. Smith smiled and gave a thumbs up. At that instant, before anyone could react, there was a loud thud from the other side of the room. All eyes turned to Thomas, who was slumped in his wheelchair while the nurse frantically worked to revive him. She massaged his wrist, thumped his chest and pressed the oxygen mask to his face. After a few moments of listening with her stethoscope, she looked up. And shook her head. On the floor before him was the little black book that had been in his lap. Dr. Sorensen picked it up, turned it in her hands and, noticing a bookmark, she opened it. She stood open-mouthed for several moments. Well, what is it? Dr. Foster asked from his seat. She looked up and blinked as if awakened from a dream. It's a Bible. There's a passage highlighted from the book of Matthew. It reads, And again I say unto you, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Do you really think he believes that? Jose asked. The question is, Dr. Foster said with a chuckle as he stroked his beard, did it work?
1: The Digital Dystopia is here. Maddie Williams' retirement as a computer specialist goes awry when he and his girlfriend, Divi, discover that new social technologies are subtly affecting the minds of users everywhere. They delve deeper into the technological marvels that are revolutionizing and controlling the lives of virtually everyone on the planet and are set on a course that leads directly back to their employer. Now, there's the latest gadget augmented reality glasses, called Augies, that can literally recreate reality and determine everything the users see and hear. And they are all controlled by the ruthlessly efficient global computer system with the deceptively reassuring name of Nana. Epocalypse, the digital dystopia is coming, the chilling novel by award-winning author Steve Bellinger. Get your copy in paperback, Kindle ebook, and audiobook from Amazon, or ask for it at your favorite bookstore. Apocalypse, the digital dystopia, is coming because there is no fiction like science fiction.
0: This was once told. In this episode, Shaney Ensley read, Camilla, written by Steve Bellinger. We hope you have enjoyed our program and be sure to visit us at stevebellinger.com. Until next time. This is Thursday Thrillers, audio with action on the Mutual Audio Network. Join us tomorrow on Mutual with Friday Follies, the the end-of-the-week collection of comedy cut-ups. You can subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed for every day of audio drama that fits your fancy. Or find the Friday Follies feed in your favorite podcast players. Now that's a lot of F's. The Mutual Audio Network.